0: And find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today, we're going to talk to Tamara and we're going to talk about embedded finance and wealth tech because a lot of people are talking about embedded finance, but sometimes it's related to payments and the basic infrastructure. But what about investments? And if you have an expertise in wealth management and you would like to launch digital investment services embedded in where the potential customers are... Maybe you need a bit of help. And this is where Tamara can help and she will explain us how. So welcome. How are you today?
1: Hello, Rudy. Good afternoon. I'm doing great today. Hopefully the same for you.
0: Great stuff. So Tamara, so what's your background? How did you get to do what you do today? And why have you decided to become an entrepreneur?
1: As a CEO of WealthTech, today I work with institutional clients very much on growing their offering set through customized embedded investing services i have spent my entire career into the banking sector and therefore i'm a passionate advocate for the modernization of the financial services industry offering very much personalized services with kind of the client needs at the forefront i'm actually a late to the startup of fintech having spent most of my career in traditional banking and financial technology companies I started my career with Thomson Reuters on the trading floor of some of the largest European banks before spending more than a decade with the firm supporting um, the customers within their treasury and trading transformation agendas. Afterwards, I worked establishing and running large-scale business outsourcing engagements for tier one banks globally. Most recently, I launched the banking as a service proposition for the retail and SME market and led the go-to-market and partner strategy for core banking at an American company called DXC Technology. I think all this experience led me to Velexa. I realized that I needed to make an impact and create value for the end consumers, the end client. And this is how Velexa was born.
0: All right, so explain it to us a little bit. What does Valexa provide? What's the problem that you're solving?
1: Valexa offers a B2B2X investing technology platform, which empowers any institution to capitalize on the demand for modern investing solutions for new generation of investors. With the goal to make investing available to everyone, we deliver embedded or standalone investing capabilities for institutions varying from incumbent players such as retail, private banks, to new banks, new brokerage houses, and disruptive players like telecom companies or retailers that are interested to enlarge their portfolio of e-wallet services with financial services such as trading and investing. Our platform is delivered truly in a -a software-as-a-service mode, and it could be fully integrated in an existing client's ecosystem via APIs. The complete front-to-back offering consists of several building blocks, starting with an investing platform, various front-end solutions from mobile to web to desktop to capture the various maturity of investors, connectivity to venues, data sources, post-trade-as-a-service, and of course, custom support and the White Glove Custom Development Service. We are looking to solve two big challenges into the embedded investing industry. First and foremost, more than 65% of consumers are excluded from the investing market, especially in Europe. Despite the fact that there is an increasing interest for those consumers to participate in the investing market and to actively manage their finances. Not only do these consumers lack investing culture, education and experience, but most of their banking financial services providers do not offer a simple way for them to invest their savings. And furthermore, the fees typically charged for investing small amounts are also deterrent for many. The second challenge that we at Velex are trying to address is the fact that financial institutions are finding it harder to attract and retain the new generation of banking consumers and investors. And this poses a threat to their already low profitability. New generation of banking consumers expect a a one-stop shop, modern, unified digital personal finance experience, which also includes investing. Yet many retail private banks are not able to offer such seamless services because the legacy infrastructure cannot adapt it. So we at Velexa can enable any institution to build new revenue stream and secure competitive advantage in four areas. First of all, by adding new investment services to their existing portfolio of offerings, which is quite important. The second point is by quickly launching investing services from scratch to respond to the growing interest of first-time retail investors. The third element is by digitalizing the end-user experience and providing self-service tools to attract and retain this generation of investors. And last but not least, by overcoming constraints from future growth, and innovation posed by Technology limitation, in-house legacy systems from the clients.
0: So, what's different between Valexa and other embedded finance uh, technology providers? Because imagine that uh, my buddies and I we want to start another wealth tech platform, but we don't know how to build it. So we come to you. What is your angle? Is that the speed or the functionality or the cost?
1: Three main aspects where we truly differentiate and stand out. First, we, freedom of capital. Everyone should have the possibility to invest in any venue around the globe, in any asset class and instrument. So, our platform supports all type of assets and instruments and in the financial markets, including stocks, ETF, bonds, options, metals, cryptocurrency. So, we support more than six hundred thousand instruments on the platform, which would allow any institution to start small, focusing on a specific market and asset class, but then ultimately grow together with us and add additional type of instruments and possibilities into the investing portfolio to their clients. All of these instruments can be accessed from one single application through a single multi-currency account, with the ultimate vision that we have is that At the end, consumers would like actually to manage their personal finances via single one-stop shop. The second main differentiator is the openness of our platform. Rudy, we see an immense possibility for our clients to build their ecosystem of investing and trading providers, meaning that we would like to allow our clients to connect to any market venue, any brokerage, liquidity provider, custodian, third party applications. So our platform at the moment supports more than 250 integrations to and connectivities to market venues, liquidity and custody providers. Our vision is that our platform will become the backbone for all investing type of services and any financial institutions can come on the platform and just consume the service. The third differentiator I would like to outline is the deployment models that we have, which actually ensure fast time to market. So we, have, we can deploy the platform based on the maturity level of our clients, depending on their technology setup, and ultimately the client base. To give you an example, uh, existing incumbents that have invested a significant time over the last couple of years to bring a new mobile banking solution can simply consume our services through APIs. A different example, a new bank will actually look to consume the entire platform as a service together with our various front-end solutions.
0: So I understand it as a white-labeling solution, really. Am I right?
1: It's not a white-label solution. We do offer white-label front-end branded applications, let's put it like that. But the platform is not white-label.
0: How much can you customize it? So in other words, all right, I want to build another wealth tech. I want to work with you. You said 600,000 different instruments. That's fine. I think, yes, I want to target people who are first time investors and they are deterred by the traditional banks' fees and also the process. Bill Gates said in the past that we will always need banking, but maybe we will not need banks. So that's why maybe it is a good idea to reach out to people where they hang out virtually and enable them to trade. So, this is all helpful, but if, they, if I want to focus on sustainability or ESG or all kinds of other things, can I work with you as well to embed this into my platform that runs on your engine? That's a
1: very good point. So from product perspective, we have been focusing continuously on innovation on the front end in terms of enhancing the user journeys and meeting actually the demand from social investing and social trading point of view. What we actually see are two clear trends within the area of, let's say, mass affluent, mass retail type of consumers. The first one is very much focusing on fractional shares trading. So this is one of the key trends that we see in the market. So ultimately, the enablement of fractional shares allowed allowed a lot of mass retail and mass affluent clients to actively participate into the investing markets. The second actually trend is very much sustainability and social investing and trading. So what we have been doing over the last couple of months is actively working with partners to bring everything through our platform. So our vision is for our white label front-end solutions, our vision is that we bring any content, any personalization that the client requires. So the client not only brands their own logo on the application, but they actually configure the application based on their needs addressing the user journey, and also bring the content that they require. And the content could vary, as you correctly pointed out. It could be spanning from sustainability and investing only in sustainability and sustainable companies to social banking and social, let's say, trading type of services.
0: I see. All right. Understood. So where are you on your journey now? How many clients you've got? If you can say you're based in London... Are you plan, Do you plan to scale up? I assume, of course, that means sometimes going international, going outside of the UK. How do you see your plans going forward?
1: Um, we had a very aggressive launch, focusing not only on our home market in London, the UK, but also Europe. So we already have clients on the continent in Europe supporting the further innovation of our platform as such. We see an enormous potential in the Middle East and Africa, especially the Middle East, focusing on again on social trading and social investing point of view. From a funding point of view, we have raised a small round of family and friends, although we truly believe that in our business viability and the importance of breaking even earlier with real clients, which... Which is our focus um, given also the current fundraising environment we are planning most probably to raise our series a in late autumn this year research
0: all right now your clients are now in the uk but you want to also expand internationally as you mentioned so is compliance a factor for you or not really because you just provide the technology and the product solution and the onboarding and things like this and tax reporting that sometimes it's important in these uh, wealth management solutions are your clients' responsibility, or how does that work? Do you provide some, or do you want to provide some solutions in that space also?
1: As a well-tech company, Vilexia is not a regulated, not licensed institutions. However, we do consider compliance an important point. Therefore, one of my fellow board members is the head of compliance of Alexa We take a very proactive advisory role in guiding our clients globally in terms of being fully compliant, when they onboard investing services into their portfolio. We keep it as our key priorities from a customer point of view as well. What we do, we focused initially our launch on the UK and Europe, and we are supporting our clients in terms of regulatory reporting. What we do is we try to support clients in terms of data extraction, uh, compiling of all the reports, providing them very proactive advice in terms of what are the expectations from the regulator and how potentially they can address it. Therefore, we are so careful with our geographical expansion because first we need to do a very thorough analysis on the local jurisdictions and understand how can we support our clients within respect to local regulations.
0: All right. Sounds good. I think all the compliance officers in wealth management would be happy with that answer. But let's also talk about the economy, right? Because the tough times are coming over here, especially if you're in the UK or elsewhere in the world as well. So you have many clients who are, that are startups. So how do you see the macro environment impacting the startups in the UK and in Europe as well? Do you see the impact on the funding, on the fundamentals already, because you work with them as well? And does that impact your businesses? Well?
1: Historically, startups, both tech, fintech, and also new kind of brokerage startups have attracted a lot of investments. And we see, even this year, amazing results from companies such as Tree and Germany drive wealth as well. In Q3 and Q4, we expect to see this cooling down, uh, which I believe in a way is good looking at it from fintech point of view in our industry we have a lots of companies that are expanding the ecosystem but not necessarily creating value add and therefore we are proud that Lexus technology is ultimately creating real value by moving the needle and encouraging the growth of the industry with one single thought in mind of the well-being of end consumers. Why I'm saying that is for end consumers right now at the moment, in general, the continuous inflation, the market volatility means that savings are not really enough to protect their financial well-being in the long run. And therefore, investing can help them to preserve the purchasing power of the money they have, And ultimately, this is our objective as well. So how do we actually embed and bring investing part of our daily life?
0: Yeah, so investments in these times, I think even though you may be unnerved by some of the volatility, some people like it, some people don't like it. But in the long run, probably that's the only way that can beat the inflation. So that could be a good part of your pitch or your client's pitch to the end consumers. Now, let's go back to where you are, right? You said that you raised the friends and family round, you want to raise an A round. So how do you make money? What's the high-level overview of your business model?
1: We offer truly as a service commercial model which is flexible in order to support the growth of our clients. And you mentioned that majority of our clients are new banks and new brokerages that need to invest their capital into customer attraction. So 70% of the capital of our let's say clients, very much starting from scratch, goes into marketing activities. Therefore, we have built a model where we truly can provide our entire platform as a service. And the model ultimately uh, captures the customer growth very much uh, per client base, per instrument base. So we are looking to grow together with our clients as our clients grow. uh, So we grow as well from revenue
0: point of view. All right. But do you charge... A project fee or commission? How does that work?
1: We actually charge service fee. That's a good point. We charge So we have a very small initial project setup fee to enable the platform for every client. And then we charge service fees which are very much based on the number of end users. So it's not commission-based, it's not transaction-based. It's very much truly as a service structure-based with the orientation of the end client.
0: I see. And... How many people are on your team
1: as of now we have a very dynamic team of 30 seasoned professionals very much focusing on the go-to market side from sales point of view to business development and support in addition we use 150 freelance programmers and IT specialists to support various elements on the platform from the front end to the back end of the offering we are headquartered in London the UK but we are growing our footprint first of all in my native Sofia Bulgaria, and also Latvia. And from local sales and support perspective, I have shared with you that we are growing exponentially in Africa. So we have a hub in Cape Town and focusing only with Dubai and Saudi Arabia as our
0: hub. I just have one or two easy questions. And one is, what is the best business book that you can recommend? You can also say that you don't like business books for whatever reason. Then maybe another resource where people can read up a little bit more on the topic that we had here we talked about launching investment services helping wealthy companies to get off the ground how can you do it at scale how can you leverage on what's already out there this is what tamara can help you with so anything along those lines and you don't need to say i have a blog with stock tips that would be (laughs) pretty cool as well something around investments
1: okay personally i have as of late I have been reading a lot of memoirs of people that have left a kind of their mark in history and I am an advocate of closing the gender investment gap they like only 16% of women Invest And so it's a very low percentage. So I've been very vocal in terms of supporting, actually closing this investing gap. In terms of books, for me personally, there was a huge revolution reading, uh, reading, cleaning of Sherry Sandberg, which was most probably very adequate as a book because of the current stage of my personal and professional life. And How do I actually overcome any gender-related concerns in order to become the leader I would like to be? From investing point of view, Flash Boys, A Wall Street Revolt, definitely I would recommend this to everybody. It's a very interesting book outlining the industry, the trends and how ultimately we can capture those. I think that it's an interesting maybe topic for your podcast to consider what is happening in Europe in terms of educating our kids how to manage their finances, how to invest. I think that we all struggle with financial literacy. I come from a banking background and most probably I know how to manage my finances, but we are not taught at school, we are not taught at university. And I think that we see now some clear trends in the industry where we have companies emerging offering an investing university for children age 8 to 18. And the current statistics coming from this company say that all the kids at the age of 18 that graduate this investing university where they were playing with happy money become real investors. They embrace investing in their real life. I-
0: now, what's the best way for people to reach out and what kind of people would you like to hear from most? Are these the startups that want to start an investment service? Are they startups that are focused on embedded finance? So in other words, starting a investment service embedded into where the customers are, whether they read the news or they are on social media, what have you. Is that the angle or the investors or employees? Are you hiring any of those groups or all of them, maybe should they reach out and uh, what's the best, what's the best way?
1: So my name is Tamara Kost. Anyone who wants to offer investing services, be a new broker, new bank, Wealth managers or even retailer telecom companies are welcome to reach out to me via LinkedIn. I also participate in many industry events as well as my team, which is a great way to meet in person, discuss potential partnerships and also share experience. So I'm available, Tamara Kostova again on LinkedIn. Thank you.
0: All right. Brilliant. So thank you so much, Tamara. And good luck to you and Valexa.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you, Rudy.